It's Friday, January 19th, 2024, and this is the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society. Uh, Here, as always, with me is my co-host on the awards season 2023 season. Uh, It's Siobhan. Hello, Siobhan. It's really great to be here, Marcelo. Thank you for having me once again. <clears throat> Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. I, I'm glad you cleared your schedule for this. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, recording in the so, middle of a Tuesday in the middle of a, of a blizzard uh, that's hit the nation at large. Yeah. Where? What's? What's if? Has it messed up you? You got that like famous <laughs> ice storm bullshit happening again? Well, here in Austin, Texas, uh, the last I'd say f- uh, three years, I guess four years now. Uh, uh, every time there's been a freeze, the city is shut down, uh, 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 um, uh, power's gone off, uh, water's gone off, pipes have burst, tree branches just obliterated power lines. Um, people were worried that uh, uh, during this uh, freeze, where it dipped down to 15 degrees, they were worried that the city might also shut down again and power go off. But no, so far, so good. Nothing horrible is happening here in the good. city. It's just cold. That's it's, good. Right now, it's 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 creeped up to thirty four. Uh, uh, tonight it'll just above freezing. Yeah, you can leave your water out, folks. Yeah, uh, tonight it'll uh, dip down to eighteen again. But uh, but no, it, mm. it's it's we've uh, we've avoided we'll disaster. Long. We've avoided disaster. Uh, how yeah. how are you doing over there? Uh, we have been snowed in for days upon days now. So you were snowed in, Edward Snowden. Uh, remind uh, me, have you said on the podcast where you live? I don't want to dox you. Uh, Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Undisclosed Midwestern location. <laughs> um, so it's it's not uncommon for us to get snow. In fact, we get it every damn year. And uh, we don't always get uh, storms this large. This is uh, quite the the extreme one. To which I I can call to to mind no rival, uh huh. Um, but 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 like, look, I can't leave the house, but they they uh that that ain't no different than what I usually do, right, Marcella? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking movie nerds, we never want to leave that. No, house. we just want to stay at home and watch movies. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so luckily our power went never went out. Good God. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So the power is still on. Uh, yeah, never staying, went out. Staying warm. Amazingly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it got to like negative, you know. I don't know. Eighteen there. Negative that's, eighteen. That's the lowest I saw. Yeah. How does one survive conditions like that? Because I've never lived in an area where it's gotten negative. Like that's insane to uh, me to think of a negative number. Yeah, you just gotta try to stay warm any way you can. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in a, I had a shirt. Uh, shorts. <laughs> uh, I was ba- I was on a towel outside. You were on a towel outside. Soaking in the rays. Sun- you know? Sunbathing. Yeah. Yeah. Sunbathing. No, I had a, I, okay. I had, I had like three or four layers on, um, uh, shirt, hoodie, shorts, coat, whatever, <clears throat> and multiple heavy blankets. You know, well, you get, you, you, you get through it. Exactly. You get through it. 
much like us. You get through it, just like we got through this opening segment, and just like oh, we're yeah. about to get through our next segment here, Marcelo, which I, I know I know what our famous next segment is, which is getting to know us or whatever. No, actually, you know, not to be pedantic, but we are in the first segment. This whole opening act, us, okay. t- us talking about the weather, well, that's the segment, Who we, Who Are We? I, Marcelo, I live in Austin. Siobhan is in Iowa. We're both cold. We're both in the central time zone. Central yeah. time zone. We share that. Uh, we both watch movies. We Okay, we share that. Okay, there's two things. And and we both like discussing awards season. That's that's another yes. thing, right? Yeah. Okay, there's our third. Four. And yes, and Marcella, thank you for bringing it up. The awards. That's what we're here for. Oh, okay. Okay, one thing I didn't do last episode, and I swear, I, you know, I, I have this all written down, all the all the segments and everything for this episode. One thing I forgot to do last episode was say, hey, the topic of this week is best costume design and best production design. Uh, the categories at the Oscars and overall, we're going to be talking about an Oscar winner that won both awards. That that The name of that is Moulin Rouge. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about our picks for 2023 for each category. We'll talk about the Oscars. We'll play the Gold Derby game. But that's the main topic: costume design and production design. That's two for. We got two and one today. All right. All right. So that's who we are. So that's who we are. Uh, again, just to close this off, we're here to help you win your Oscar pools. Okay. Take everything you you hear here, and 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 put it in the bank. Invest in it. We are going to guarantee you money. Take a mortgage on out on your home. Exactly. Put, put that. Take that down to Vegas. Also, I'm realizing. I'm realizing that this is a dangerous promise to make. I think people put disclaimers on shows that do this. So this, uh, don't even do the Oscar shit. Twenty six. Put it on twenty six. <laughs> yeah. Put it on twenty. Put it on black twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? All right. Um, again, this is a comedy show. Do not take it seriously. All right. Next segment. It's the news. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the I'll, Emmys just happened. Okay, we're not talking about the Emmys. This is not an Emmy show. Um, the Critics' Choice Awards. Did you watch any of that, Siobhan? Uh, Critics' Choice. No, I did not even know that happened. Yeah, that happened uh, Sunday, I believe. Uh, I don't know what channel. I did not watch any of it. Uh, but I have the winners here. Apparently, it, it's, it's important because... Oh, I should also say the Oscar voting ends today uh, when we're recording this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you get your ballots in, Marcel? I got my ballot in. Uh, I, of course, forged uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's name. So I'm voting on behalf of Clint Eastwood. Um, for what? Uh, I'm voting for American Sniper again. I'm voting for it again. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, all categories. Uh, so that's that's my uh, Oscar ballot. Um, okay. Critics' Choice. Uh, I think this is important only because uh, in the last week, Oscar voting has been open. So uh, uh, the winners of this, no matter how you know deserved they are, you know they're on screen. They're 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 doing their acceptance speeches, so it must matter for something. Oscar voters have eyes and ears, presumably, a lot of them do, so they're aware of, of things winning things. So let's see what won at the Critics Choice Awards, shall we, Siobhan? 
can you let me can you let me have this one? To the Critics' Choice Awards we go. The winners. I'll speed through these. Now, if you want to talk about something, you just jump in, Siobhan. Okay? Okay. Best score. The winner, Oppenheimer. Best song. Winner, I'm Just Ken, Barbie. Best foreign language film. Winner, Anatomy of a Fall. Best animated film. Winner, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Best comedy, winner, Barbie. Best visual effects, winner, Oppenheimer. Best hair and makeup, winner, Barbie. Best costume design, hey, we're talking about that today, winner, Barbie. Mm. Best editing, Jennifer Lame, Oppenheimer. Anything but lame, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) Best production design, we're we're also talking about that today, winner, Barbie, best cinematography, winner, Oppenheimer, best original screenplay, winner, Greta Gerwig and her husband for Barbie, best adapted screenplay, American fiction, Cord Jefferson, best director, winner, C. Nolan, Oppenheimer. Best Acting Ensemble, winner, Oppenheimer. Best Young Actor slash Actress, winner, Dominic Sessa, The Holdovers. Best Supporting Actress, winner, Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. Best Supporting Actor, winner, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer. Best Actress, winner, Emma Stone, Poor Things. Best Actor, winner, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers. And finally, Best Picture, winner, Oppenheimer. Siobhan, your thoughts? pretty cool <laughs> okay uh this sure shakes up the race doesn't it it does well come on pa giamatti winning uh for best actor uh he's he won the golden globe last weekend he keeps winning for holdovers that that sort of kind of in my in my opinion puts him right now over the edge um right above uh, killian who i thought was the the uh, the, uh, the 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 Stone Cold front runner, but now yeah. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I'm glad we I'm glad we took away from my <laughs> from your favorite. Uh, my favorite, yeah. And yeah, your boy Killian Murphy to give to, to, give to the holdovers too. I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, best actress, little little surprising for me. I thought Gladstone had this in the bag uh, in general, but Emma Stone keeps winning for poor Emma things. Stone. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, well, their, their names both have stone in the title. Yeah. So maybe it's confusing. Maybe voters are, maybe they mean Gladstone, but they accidentally put Emma stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gladstone should win. Uh, I love Emma stone. Um, I think she's great in poor things, but uh, it's Gladstone. It's Gladstone. Remember voters, Gladstone, not Emma stone. And then the other ones, not so surprising. Rob Downey Jr. Divine joy. Uh, acting ensemble, Oppenheimer, Nolan director, those are all in the bag. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, can we move on? We've we've talked critics' choice, I think enough. I, I I'm totally satisfied with what we just did. Okay, uh, PGA. No, that's not Professional Golf Association. It's the Producers oh. Guild Awards. Another one of these things. <laughs> Yeah, these are the producers picking their favorites of the year. Okay, great. These are who I like input from. Yeah, the producers. 
Uh, best animated. They have five movies here. The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Super Mario Brothers Movie, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So those are the animated films. And now, the Daryl F. Zanuck Award for Outstanding Producer of Theatrical Motion Pictures. Your ten nominees for the PGAs. All right. American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. The Zone. How do you feel about that that collection of nominees, Siobhan? Seems normal to me, as far <laughs> as I could remember. Seems normal. What, what does it, how does it seem normal to you? You got, you know, the basics in there. You got the Killers of the Flower Moon. The you got a Barbie. Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, I got a Maestro Barbie. in there. You got a Poor American Things. Fiction, that doesn't seem weird. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, one, one article I read said the most interesting thing here is um, uh, the PGAs like, get maybe eight or so nominees right in terms of Best Picture. So eight of these... Presumably, we can say will be the best picture nominees, right? Okay. And the other ones, I don't know, like uh, uh, the two that won't get in. I uh, in my, I, I I should have made my Oscar nomination predictions because next episode we're talking Oscar nominations, okay? So this is the last week of us just just you know not knowing the nominees for the Oscars. I'll say something like the color purple will sneak in here. And knock out Anatomy of a Fall. Okay, I think that's going to happen. Um, and what's another one that could jump in? Um, maybe that's it. You know what? I'll say that. Knock out Anatomy of a Fall. Put in color purple. Boom, done. That's those are the Oscar nominees. Zone of Interest is in there. Zone of Interest is in here. I'm going to say that's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Take that to the bank, listeners. That th- Those are our predictions, collectively. One more, Siobhan. You ready for this? Uh-huh. SAG nominees. Uh, you know what? I actually did look at these a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I don't remember them. You don't remember any? Okay, yeah, because this happened last week, uh, like the day after we recorded last week's episode, so I don't blame you for... For not remembering anything. Yeah, I, I I do like these awards though, because I like the ensemble and I like the stunt awards. Yeah. So I'll go on ahead. I'll go through these uh, nominees. So the stunt ensemble in the motion picture nominees are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, John Wick Chapter Four, and Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, if there were a god, it would be John Wick or Mission Impossible. Yeah, if there were a god. Um, maybe John the Book will take it. Uh, maybe. Okay. Female actor, supporting role. Uh, you got you got Blunt for Oppenheimer. You got Brooks, color purple. You got Cruz in Ferrari. You got Jodie Foster playing Nyad. Wait, is she Nyad or is, is, is the other actress Nyad? I don't know. We're not going to see the movie. Um, but she's in the movie Nyad. Divine Joy Randolph, holdovers. Uh, big surprise here. Which shouldn't be a surprise is Penelope Cruz, uh, supporting actress uh, uh, nominee. Uh, I, I hope she's going to be the, the Oscar supporting actress nominee. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes, I remember this one being like Penelope Cruz. I, I remember writing that in the chat now. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I could jog your memory. Uh, male supporting actor. Uh, I'm failing in my job, okay? Sterling K. Male Brown. Male supporting actor. American Fiction. Willem Dafoe, Poor Things. De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer. Ryan Gosling, Barbie. Now, the thing I did not like about the SAG nominees uh, was the lack of May-December, which I've said on the show famously, and you came at me, Siobhan. You shot me down. You told me I was a fucking idiot. I said, May, December, Oscar, Best Picture nominee. And you're like, really? And I go, yeah. I think it has the heat. I think it'll get acting nominations. I think it'll be in the running for Best Picture. I am wrong. May, December, yeah, got nothing. It should have got... Nothing at all. Not even I, I mean, Charlie Melton we just heard. Yeah, uh, Melton. Melton did not get a, the nomination for best supporting actor. Uh, uh, um, Julianne Moore did not get nominated, uh, and Portman did not get nominated. So those three, the big ones, who I thought, yeah, sure thing, they'll get nominated. No, not even the SAGs. And like they don't have like a pet award. No, like for the snake. For the snake. Come on, uh, move over. Dog from Anatomy of a Fall. The snake is in the running now. Uh, yeah, but Charles Mount not getting nominated here is is dumb. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, and also another surprise is Willem Dafoe gets in for Poor Things, but um, Mark Ruffalo didn't. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I've, 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 I've said before, I think Willem Dafoe is better than uh, Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. They're both great, but I think Dafoe is better. I'm glad Dafoe's getting the attention. Um, and Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction, he's good, so that's deserved. But anyway, female actor in a leading role, Annette Benning for Nyad. I think she plays Nyad. I think she's the Nyad. Uh, Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Carrie Mulligan Maestro, Margot Robbie, Barbie, Emma Stone, Poor Things. Uh, again, I think the, the, the one that worries me, and maybe this is the one that'll sneak in, maybe Nyad gets... A best picture nomination. Uh, do you know what? That's not. That's not ridiculous. Yeah. it really isn't. Because it's Annette, is it, Annette is Benning. Yeah, sorry, Annette Benning and uh, um, Judy Foster getting in for 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 these acting uh, nominations. Uh, uh, Pop quiz, Siobhan, Who's the biggest voting body in the Academy? Actor. Actors. So maybe we'll see Nyad. As a Best Picture nominee. Are you going to see Nyad if it gets nominated for Best Picture? I would do my due diligence at that time, yes. But uh, (sighs) as of this point, I have already turned down seeing that movie. Yeah. Uh, Had an opportunity to. I believe it's on one of the streamers. It is on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Yeah. So hoping I can just continue to do that. Yeah. Hopefully it it doesn't get in the uh, Best Picture race, but we'll see. Um, I think it has a good chance to now. Uh, after all this so that's a shame that benning got in there and uh um natalie portman did not but that's whatever male actor in a leading role cooper maestro coleman domingo rustin paul giamatti holdovers killian murphy oppenheimer jeffrey wright american fiction the big finally giving cooper what he wants yeah cooper the actors yeah oh you know what there's one other a uh, 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 thing I didn't look up that I should have added to, to, to the notes, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, 
I was going to say. Yeah, Cooper, yeah, if anything, Cooper will, will get in lead actor. Uh, I don't know if he'll get in any other category now. I, I think I was, I think my, my theory was he might get uh, screenplay, director, actor. Um, he'll get Best Picture as a producer for, for Maestro. But I think now he might just get Best Picture for Maestro and actor for Maestro. Um, uh, I don't think he deserves director, but we'll talk about that later. The big snub and flub. I've been hearing uh, with this category is no DiCaprio for, for a uh, lead actor. Uh, instead, okay. I think instead, I think you got Coleman Domingo for Rustin, which I hear is great. I have not seen Rustin. I hear he's great in Rustin. I don't, I don't think the movie from what I've heard is that great. It's another Netflix movie, but I think he's, 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 he's a very, he's a very popular actor. I think he's great as a, as a person. So I'm glad he's getting recognition for something. Um, he's good in the color purple. He's also in that. Um, but yeah, no DiCaprio in this category. Shocking? I don't know. Is it Shiva? I never felt like his, or his odds were really that high. I mean, I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but, <clears throat> you know, okay, I, I could see him being deserving of that nomination. Yeah. I, th- I think people were like, oh, it's a given. It's he, He's in one of the best films of the year. He's the lead, along with Gladstone. De Niro's getting a nomination. So, of course, oh, DiCaprio's going to get one, too. But uh, maybe not. So we'll see. So that's that category. And finally, best motion picture cast. You got American Fiction, Barbie, The Color Purple, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Oppenheimer. Interesting that The Color Purple got in here. Uh, because the only the only other nomination it got was for supporting a female actor. Other than that, I think very like very d- 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 not generic, but it's not a surprise that American Fiction, Barbie, Killers, and Oppenheimer all got in here. So, any thoughts on any thoughts on that, Chavon? What's your pick for who's going to win Best Ensemble? Ah, uh, that is hard. That is hard. Uh, killers. You think Killers is going to win? I, you know, Killers might be another movie where it gets overlooked because people think, oh, it's another great Scorsese movie. But they they, uh, underappreciate Scorsese and his movies. I mean, I think Irishman got nothing when it got nominated at the Oscars. And I hope Gladstone wins for lead actress at the Oscars, but. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer's year all around. I think Oppenheimer's going to get a lot of awards, including the Ensemble Award. <sighs> it's got so many goddamn people in it, too, Oppenheimer. I mean, if all the actors in Oppenheimer voted for Oppenheimer, then it wins. It's the, it's, it has the majority <laughs> vote. Uh, all right. So those are the SAGs. Uh, there was one other one I forgot until we were talking about Bradley Cooper. The DGA nominees. Did did you see who was nominated this year, Siobhan? For the DGA, no. for the Directors Guild? Michael Mann, Ferrari. Uh, That'd be great. Marty, Martin Car- Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Marty McFly? <laughs> for Killers of the Flower Moon. Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Greta Gerwig, Barbie. Uh, 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 What's-his-face for The Holdovers. Uh, yeah. You got four of them, right? So you got Greta Gerwig Barbie. You got Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. 
You got Chris Nolan for Oppenheimer, and you got Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and you got Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. One, two, three, four, five. Those are five. No, wow. no Bradley Cooper for Maestro for DGA, which I think uh, uh, lessens his chances of getting nominated for the Oscar. Uh, but Scorsese, Nolan, Gerwig, those are sure things. Uh, then you got Payne and Lanthimos. I think Lanthimos is a sure thing. And then uh, maybe switch out Payne for um, Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. So my prediction is uh, Gerwig, Nolan, Lanthimos, Scorsese, and Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Or Jonathan Glazer for uh, Zone of Interest um, for the Oscars. But anyway, that's the DGA. Uh, any, any surprises? Any snubs or flubs? Who who would you have put there in the DGAs, <laughs> Siobhan? <laughs> who would I have put there? Uh, uh, okay, how about uh, Chad Stahelski? <laughs> for John Wick Chapter John Wick 4. Chapter 4. <sighs> All right. That is the news. Next segment. What is it that we have been watching over here? Uh, Siobhan? Uh, what is it we've been watching over here? Yeah. I think I usually go first. So that, that means I'll go first this time. All right. Okay. Uh, in the last week, uh, I'll just cut to the chase. So uh, didn't go out much to see movies, so I only saw one. Hold on. So that means for me I've only seen one, two, three, four, five. I've only seen five movies in theaters in the last week, so kind of a slow week for me. Um, I saw The Boy and the Heron. Again, in theaters. This time, the dubbed version. First time I saw it, I saw the subtitled version. But seeing the dubbed version, great. Uh, I do love the movie now, fully. Um, I, I, I guess I didn't really fully understand it the first time I saw it. But seeing it again, and the dubbed version, a lot of it rang truer for me this time. So I hope it wins Best Animated Film at the Oscars. I'd be upset if another film... Especially one other film wins over it, but Born the Heron, my favorite animated film of the year. Uh, that is uh, in no doubt. Uh, I also saw Mean Girls, future Oscar winner. Very curious about this. Is is Mean Girls twenty twenty four a future Oscar winner? I hope so. Uh, uh, get it nominated for best. Wait, what? What could it win? Let's see. Not best song because all the songs are from the Broadway show. I don't think there's an original song in there. Um, best costume, best costume design. It'll win for best costume design. I'm going to predict that here. In 2025, oh, it'll win uh, for best for best costume design. Okay. I like the movie, uh, and I, I I enjoyed it for what it is. It's a musical based on the uh, I don't know if it was Broadway or off Broadway, but it was a staged version of Mean Girls made after the original movie. Um, it is based on that musical. So it's, uh, I don't think it's better than the original movie. I don't think anybody will say that. Um, but I enjoyed myself because I've haven't seen mean girls in a while. Uh, I, uh, I'm not like the biggest mean girls fan. So I kind of took this as like its own thing without really comparing it to the original. 
and it was fun. I had a good time. I think the cast is good, especially uh, Renee Rapp, who plays um, Regina. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I uh, if you're coming in expecting, you know, just a just a solid, you know, teen comedy musical, this it's you you'll get it. You know, don't expect anything else beyond that. I, I, if you hate this, I don't know what you were expecting. So that's Mean Girls 2024. I saw a headline like right before we popped in here today that I actually did want to ask you about. It was like Lindsay Lohan responds to mean joke about her in Mean Girls or whatever. Yeah. What was up with that? I made a joke about her. In the movie? That's my guess. I only saw a headline, and that's what I assume. So you're asking me about a headline you read that you know no context of. So I assume, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I can answer that. Is there a mean joke about her in the movie? Because that sounds like pretty shitty. Uh, There is not. Because she is, okay, spoiler alert, fast forward a minute. She's in the cameo? No, 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 wait, wait, no, no, no. I'm not confirming that. Fast forward a minute if you want to avoid a spoiler for Mean Girls 2024. All right, ready? Three, two, one. All right. Spoilers. Here we go. Lindsay Lohan is in Mean Girls 2024. Wow. Oh, wow. I love to hear that. Yeah. She's in a cameo. Any of the other bitches in there? No. Unfortunately. Rachel McAdams, wow. not in there. Uh, uh, Amanda Seyfried, not in there. Um, the other one, not in there. Um, but you got, of course, you got the stars uh, of, the, of the other movie. Yeah, Tina Fey and... Um, uh, 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 the ladies' man, you know, he's in there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Great actor, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, thank you. I forgot, I forgot Tim Meadows' name. Um, but yeah, d- d- Lindsay Lohan pops in there for like um, uh, a scene, and she's she was in and out. An article I read, fully beyond the headline, was that she got paid half a million dollars for half a day's work. So, dear God, I don't know what joke. You know, is being made about her in the movie. She's maybe a little bit stilted in the movie. It's a fucking cameo. Who gives a shit? But she got paid. So <laughs> that's all that matters. All right. That is Mean Girls 2024. Uh, and I also saw, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll be done talking. I saw the best foreign language film winner from 1999. That's mm. right. I saw All About My Mother, uh, the film mm. by Pedro Amadovar. Uh, have you seen this movie, Siobhan? All About My Mother? No, I haven't. But like every time I see a new Pedro movie, I'm like in love with the man. And I'm wondering why I haven't seen all of his films already. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, uh, you know, I recommend any of his movies. I think they're all – the ones I've seen, they're all, they're all worth – watching right i i haven't seen a bad one oh you know okay i'll say this uh he might get nominated for his short movie um with pedro pascal and ethan hawk um uh, i forget the name of that movie that movie that, that was a short yeah hold on i'll, I'll look it oh, up oh bummer um i'll that look it up full movie <clears throat> i was surprised why i didn't hear about it so much and i guess that's probably why yeah, it's called Strange Way of Life, starring Ethan Hawke, Pedro Pascal. It's 31 minutes long. I, it could have been a great movie. I don't think it's a great short. Um, 
but that'll maybe be nominated this year for for best short film. Um, but all of his feature length films are great. This one in particular is great. All about my mother. I won't say too much about it because I think it's 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 better to go in kind of cold, you know, not not knowing much. I'll just say it's shot beautifully. I think they they uh, I saw in a theater by the way. Um, they're doing at the Draft House. They're doing a retrospective of the year 1999, and this is part of it. Um, I think they have like a, a new 4K version because it looks gorgeous. Like the the uh, Amadovar likes to use the color red in, in a lot of his movies, and this movie's like drenched in red. So it's like it has a it has like a Hitchcockian sort of uh, aesthetic to it. Um, and the story is amazing filled with like twists and turns and these characters that are like that feel like real and uh alive and oh all about my mother is very good um if there's uh, uh, uh if you want to like just jump into Amadovar, you you can't go wrong with this one you know if you want to see more of his work is what i'm saying you know see all about my mother because i think it encapsulates his style uh um better than like uh, his other films so yeah quintessential Amadovar. uh great movie Winner of the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film from 1999. That's all about my mother. All right, I'm done. Siobhan, what is it that you have been watching? What is it that I have been watching? I watched um, an Oscar film. What? Yeah. No. Can you believe it? Something that's in the general contention area of the Oscars this year. Oh, you saw Oppenheimer? Mm, Not yet. No, (laughs) no, sir. Not yet. All right. Not for me. Okay. <laughs> Not until February 26th when I get to see it on a peacock. Okay. All right. Or 13th or whatever. I think it's the 19th. Uh, I saw Saltburn. Oh, fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that was the tease from last week. You saw half I of Saltburn. Yeah. You saw, ha- saw the, you saw half of Saltburn yes. last week and you were teasing and us I, saying. And I took, yeah, I took Saltburn to completion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you edged Saltburn. Very appropriate with this movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, look, I know you like Saltburn. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. I know this is a weirdly divisive movie. Very much. Um, so. I'm gonna guess that has more to do with the director than anything that's actually shown in the movie. I believe so. Um, and I don't really know why people hate the director so much. I have a general understanding, but I'm not so into it. So whatever. But uh, Saltburn, you know, I had a really good time watching this. I think it's incredibly well made. Uh, looks fantastic. Uh, performances are great. Uh, Barry Keegan's never been better. Oh, my God. Um, and that that's a guy that just is, like, in, enrapturing with every performance. Jacob Elordi, I mean, this, this is the year of Elordi, right? We're in it. Yeah. And Elordi sans. And uh, he's uh, doing a good job. I, 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 I've seen him a handful of times this year. Like, I happened to see him in an older movie. Uh, not older, but like two or three years older. Uh, uh, and then he like blew up like a month later. Um, and, and suddenly like he's in Priscilla. He's in Salper and he's everywhere. This guy's fucking in everywhere. He's in the Lordy Sons. Uh, I like him. And then... Uh, Rosamund Pike, eh, you know, her, she didn't really do it for me as much. Her, her and uh, Richard E. Grant didn't really. Eh. But anyway, but they're fine. I think this movie, again, very well made, but I think there's um, a, tw- a twist that happens 
a good deal of the weight in like you feel like you've been waiting for the extra shoe to drop the other shoe to drop and it finally does and uh when it does i think that's it's a little uh, it felt unnecessary it felt like a hat on a hat you kind of already had one thing going and i thought that those were like the themes of how how this much unfettered wealth uh corrupts all even the and and like like uh the lowliest uh kind of like loser dregs of our society uh that we treat like shit um uh they are going to turn on into absolute monsters uh when given even just the slightest amount of power it makes you become unrecognizable from from your past self uh nope all that throw that away that's not what the movie's about the movie's about this instead and what this is i think is just like an extra little neat neat little twist on top of everything that is that i I think impacts the film's themes and i would rather have gone along with the film's themes do you know i'm talking about marcella i do know what you're talking about i i i admit i was bothered by the final reveal to the the twist but uh, it does. I'm I'm kind of af- not afraid. I, I I'm hesitant to rewatch it because in my mind that whole experience was like okay, up to that point I had a good time, and maybe that ending sort of uh, ruins things. But and I'll let you finish your thoughts. But like in the end, for me, I just thought it's just a trashy, pulpy sort of, you know, uh, 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 kind of like. Shoving in your face like, oh, this is this is this is a dirty little movie, and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I beyond it trying to Fair. tell something beyond it trying to tell something like uh, um, you know thematically on point. You know, it's it's it is what it is. It's 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 it's, it's a nasty little movie, and I'm like, okay, fine. You don't got to be smarter than that. That's mm-hmm. valid too. I mean, yeah. there's there's absolute uh, it's there's there's fun to be had wallowing in the trash, of course. Um, I love and, trash. Uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm like a little raccoon. I'm a yeah. fan for the stuff. Um, and I, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy the movie. I, I would, I think I'd watch it again. But yeah, I just, uh, you know, a choice I wouldn't have made. I, I would have ended it on a much earlier, uh, darker scene, uh, like just before the twist. That was Saltburn. That was Saltburn, folks. That was Saltburn, folks. Uh, today, uh, I watched my first and new movie of 2024, Marcelo. Oh. What? What uh, is it? Self-Reliance on Hulu. Oh, wow. Self The starring... Jake Johnson. Yes. Written, directed, produced, starring Jake Johnson. Yes. It's uh, quite good. It's, it's pretty funny. It's uh, got uh, very likable characters. Um... I think the direction is really well done. There's a really great use of great uses of uh, fisheye lenses. Oh, so you love fisheye lenses now? Yeah, like like when they're done really well, I just uh, can't <laughs> okay. get enough. And uh, yeah, Jake Johnson's like really great. He's, he's a charming guy. Uh, it's a funny idea for a movie. Um, do, does do I think a hundred percent capitalizes on it? Maybe not, but like it. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's still like very memorable. I, I think 
I think I'll be thinking about this movie a lot. I found something kind of like almost profound in it, I think. Even if my letterbox rating of three and a half doesn't necessarily reflect that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that rating uh, on our Discord. And how can people see uh, other people's letterboxed uh, um, reviews on the Discord channel where we share our letterbox reviews? What, what, how does one do that? Of course, of course. Come to our Discord. Uh, you can you can join uh, by going to talkfilmsociety.com slash Discord. Um, getting the link there. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can come talk into our film community, or you can... Uh, you, we have a channel there where uh, it posts our uh, community's uh, letterboxed reviews, if you want yours posted there, too. And that's where I saw Siobhan's review of Self-Reliance, three and a half stars. Um, I missed out on the one night only theatrical uh, uh, screening of, of this movie, uh-huh. um, which means I cannot see it. I refuse to see a movie at home. No, I'm joking. I, I do want to see this. I, uh, I was, I, it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. I saw a trailer for it a few weeks ago and I go, huh? Jake Johnson directed a movie. This looks interesting. He's got a good cast. And, um, he was talking about it on the most recent episode of company bang, bang, uh, which is a great listen. He talks about his process in making the movie. I think he pitched it as like a, like five season series. Um, and they shot him down and then he's oh, like, that made a lot more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, from, from the sound of it, from, from what the movie is, from what I, what I keep hearing about it. Yeah. It sounds like a really, um, inventive premise that you, you could have mined a lot of stuff from, but I'm interested to see what, what he does with this. Uh, cause I do like him. I like Jake Johnson. He's a, I think he's a good yeah, actor. Be cool. Yeah. I, I think he's got the chops. I think like. A second film, I could see him like really going, going hard, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, it seems like it's it's a big passion project for him, so I'm glad he got it made. So yeah, I'll yeah, see this. On, it's on Hulu. I'll see it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would recommend that you do. Yeah, uh, but then uh, Marcelo, the last thing I'm going to say here. Yeah. I saw I'm listening. One of the big ones. You saw Oppenheimer. I, I did not see. <laughs> oh shit! No, unfortunately. Okay. What is it you saw? One of the other big ones. One of the ones that's we can say with almost definitive assurance will be nominated wait. for best picture. Well, okay. Wait, wait. Can I guess? So it'll be. Okay. Will would it be nominated for one award? Best picture. You said that. So one award. Yeah. Would it be nominated for two awards? Yes. Three awards. Yes. Four awards. Yes. Five. Yes. Six. Yes. Seven. I believe so. Eight. This is all speculation. I think it'll make eight. I think I'm going to stop at eight. Okay. I'm going to write that down. That's your prediction. This movie will be nominated for eight Academy Awards. What the fuck are you talking about? I saw a little film called Killers of the Flower Moon. Wow. You did it. You saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Now. Got added to. On Apple. Apple. TV. TV Plus. Plus. Talk about it. I, I was just blown away by it. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. It's haunting. It's terrifying. Three and a half hour epic. It's beautiful that movies like this can get made on the scale. Yeah, I, I, Scorsese, he just uh, is a master. He's he's one of our 
last few vanguards i i i I, it's just it's 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 a brilliant movie i don't know what else to say no it's Uh, it's hard to even talk about it's it's it's, yeah it's a brutal moving and gorgeous looking beautiful movie oh my fucking god yeah it's a brutal subject thoughtfully made um yeah yeah like you just said it's beautiful to look at uh striking well made well acted it's incredible it's one of the best of the year um, and like I was trying to say earlier, you know, with uh, the Academy and just the people in general, just underplaying, underappreciating Scorsese. Now they they take him for granted, like like Spielberg. I think like uh, uh, you know Spielberg made the Fablemans, which I think is like an, a, another masterpiece, and it it got nominated for a bunch of awards but didn't win any. And then I think it's. Maybe the same thing will happen this year. Killers of the Flower Moon will get a lot of nominations. I'm going to bet 11. I'm going to say 11 nominations. Yeah, 8, eight felt pretty chaste. Yeah. Um, I almost wanted to say go up to 10. but Yeah, I'll say 11. I, th- I think you can say 10. You can say whatever the fuck you want. You just say you, whatever you want. You can say uh, 20. How many Oscars are there? 16? Yeah. Do 22? But it, you know... I think Oppenheimer is going to be the big movie this year. Uh, Oppenheimer may not sweep, but it'll get the, I think it'll, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think it'll get like the big awards. Uh, some of them, and I think Scorsese and killer should get, and it'll get some of the smaller awards that I think killers uh, should get. Uh, Oppenheimer will get those yeah. awards. Um, not not saying Oppenheimer is a bad movie, but Oppenheimer is the movie of the year. I think I think people will will, will see that and vote for that. Not saying it's a bad movie, but I think Killers is is, is a bit better. See, I have not seen Oppenheimer uh, famously, uh, and then seeing this movie uh, and then hearing that be said, it just feels like that is such a ridiculous idea to me <laughs> that that this movie will not be winning ten Oscars. Yeah a movie like this like i i just okay dude it's it's again it's it's weird to think about and again it, i i'm not bashing people who think oppenheimer is better than killers but in my opinion i think it's one of those things where even like silence i think is one of the best movies of the last 10 years like that got like what like i think two nominations at the oscars which is insane and i think irishman like another Scorsese masterpiece that got a few nominations, got zero wins. I think maybe people think, Oh, they've run their course. Like they've already gotten their awards. They've gotten their prestige, but you got Scorsese making masterpiece after masterpiece. It's insane. Anyway, well, well at least we're thankful that's happening. And in the long run, who gives a shit about these awards, but still it's insane. Yeah. 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 And yeah. for real. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll end my uh, viewings there for the week. So, uh, we've already done, in this series, we've done Best Supporting Actress, we've done Best Film Editing, Best Sound, Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects. Uh, do you think Killers would have uh, uh, gotten into any of your lists? Okay, Best Sound, uh, I think it's possible. Um, cinematography, let me look here. Yes, I would have found a place for it in cinematography. I've got my list here, actually. Best sound, yes, I would have found a place for it in best sound. 
Best um, editing. Best editing. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. There we go. Um, and those are the only lists I have. Is that all we've done? Yeah, we've also done supporting actress and visual effects. Visual effects. Supporting actress? Um, I don't think so. Lily Gladstone's actress. Yeah. Uh, so supporting, I guess you could say, like her sister. Yeah, her like, sister. Wonderful job. I'll look her name up because I think she did a, a, an incredible job. Um, but yeah, the 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 actress who plays her sister uh, is great. Uh, I believe the uh, the sister uh, is Anna. And I believe the character is played by Kara uh, Jane Myers. So yeah, she's great. Um, I, I should have added her to my honorable mentions. Uh, for best supporting actress, but anyway, it uh, we can't go back and change it now as much as we want. Although we could, but we shouldn't. All right, uh, that is done. We're done. That is what is it that we've been watching. Next segment. Here we go. The movie of the week, covering the topic of the week. We're doing best production design and best costume design. We're covering Moulin Rouge, which won both yeah, awards. Baby. It won those two awards in one year. Here we are now. Entertain us. So I sent Siobhan a long list of movies that won these two awards at the Oscars. Um, and, I, you know, I thought it'd be hard to find, uh, uh, you know, one movie that won those two awards. I thought it'd be hard to find you know, movies like that, but no, there are plenty. I think black Panther's on there. Uh, what else is on there? Do you have that list? I want to read through some black Panther, Mad Max, Fury road, grand Budapest hotel, great Gatsby, Alice in Wonderland, memoirs of a geisha, the aviator, uh, speaking to Marty, Chicago, um, Shakespeare in love, English patient, which we've, we've mentioned a hundred times. Mm hmm. Uh, Amadeus, Gandhi, all that jazz. Star Wars, that's pretty cool. Um, Camelot, Room of the View. Yeah, and then that's why I cut it off. But I'm sure there are more. But I'm like, okay, here are the last like 30 years of winners. Um, or 40, maybe. Uh, but Siobhan picked Moulin Rouge. This was your first time watching it, right? Yeah, so I, I, I wanted to pick one that like has been on my list for a long time. And... Uh, my my eyes and heart went straight to Moulin Rouge. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like Moulin Rouge. Uh, like I had a little bit of trepidation, maybe Shakespeare in Love, but no, nah, I went for Moulin Rouge, and uh, I'm very glad I did. Um, because this is one that's been like, I know it's one of my mom's favorite films. Uh, she's tried to get me to watch it with her a few times, and it just hasn't really worked out ever. Um, like I was. Is one of my aunt's favorite films. It runs in the family. Uh, she gave me a Blu-ray of it for Christmas one year, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I never watched it. <laughs> so, like, it's just something that like I have needed to watch for a long time, and I did see bits and pieces of on TV as a kid because my mom would be watching it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad I got to finally check off this uh, blank spot. That's like a bigger blank spot for me than I think it is for others who haven't seen it necessarily. Yeah. Well, this was a big blank spot for me or blind spot as some would say. Um, this was a big blind spot for me for, for a while until I saw it maybe three years ago 
during the quarantine. This is one of those like, oh, I got nothing better to do, so I'll just cross off some blind spots. And saw Moulin Rouge on HBO Max and cried my little eyes out watching it. Um, I was going through a lot, as we all were. But this really got to me. I, I love this movie now. I've seen it twice. Um, and it's it, I'm, I was happy you picked it, Siobhan. Uh, now, that's the pre-talk. Let's go, as always, to the Oscars of that year. Oh. The 74th Academy Awards. Same question I ask you every single time. I'm going to ask you, point blank, can you guess what won Best Picture for this year? This is the 2001 uh, 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 slate of films. Took place March 24th, 2002, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. Siobhan, the question is, can you guess what won Best Picture this year? It's the year after... Gladiator. Yeah, you got that right. Gladiator was the year the, 2000. Yeah. It's the year before Chicago. Ooh, yeah. I believe you're right, too. That was 2002. I think it's A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> A Beautiful Mind is... I think you've. I think every time I've asked you this question for every year, yeah, you've I said know. A Beautiful I Mind. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> But you're right. Am I right? You're right. It is a beautiful oh, mind. Thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> wow, you won. So yes, best picture winner, a beautiful mind, along with nominees Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and the movie we're talking about today, Moulin Rouge. Uh Best Director. Guess who won Best Director? I'm surprised that was nominated for Best uh, Picture, uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yes, for A Beautiful Mind. Best Actor. This is kind of surprising because... It's not Russell Crowe. Not Russell Crowe for A Beautiful Mind. Uh, what what did he win for? Didn't he win? I always thought he won. Doesn't he have an Oscar, Russell Crowe? Or am I wrong? Oh, he won for Gladiator. Okay. But he... I, I don't know. I always thought Crow, Crow won for a beautiful mind, but he won for Gladiator. Can you tell me what they won for? Well, the the, the winner of best actor. If I tell you what they won for, you're gonna get it. Uh, mm. So I'm gonna just say it. Training Day. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. Wow. It's weird because in Training Day, I think Denzel is the supporting actor, isn't he? Because I, I I think any right human any human in their right brain would say so but yeah apparently not because ethan hawk is the lead like he's the one that's it starts and ends the movie um anyway weird but whatever denzel got another oscar uh i mean rightfully so he's great in that movie but he won it over crow sean penn and i am sam weird will smith and ollie and tom wilkinson in in the bedroom rest in peace uh, best actress Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. Um, nominated in that uh, category, Nicole Kidman for Moulin Rouge. Also, Judy Dench and Iris, Sissy Spacek in the Bedroom, and Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones Diary. Supporting actor 
Jim Broadbent. No, you're thinking, wait a second. Jim Broadbent. Not for this, right? Not for this, right? You're right. Not for this. He went for Iris. Uh, also nominated Ethan Hawke, Training Day, Ben Kingsley, Sexy Beast, Ian McKellen, Lord of the Rings, and John Voight, Ali. Supporting actress, the beautiful Jennifer Connelly in A Beautiful Mind. She won. Uh, she won over Helen Mirren, Gosford Park, Maggie Smith, Gosford Park, Marissa Tomei in the bedroom, and Kate Winslet, Iris. And then you got Gasford Park wins for screenplay original. You got A Beautiful Mind wins for adapted screenplay. Uh, this is the first year that the best animated feature film category uh, was, was started. This is the first one. So can Shrek. You, yeah, it was Shrek. Shrek won over Monsters, Inc. and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Those were the only nominees. <laughs> And uh, the rest, I can go to the Technical Awards, Original Score, Howard Shore, that rhymes, Best Original Song, I If I Didn't Have You for Monsters, Inc., that's weird, uh, Sound Editing, Pearl Harbor, Best Sound, Black Hawk Down, Best Cinematography, Lord of the Rings, Best Costume, oh, we'll get that in a second, Best Makeup, Lord of the Rings, Best Film Editing, Black Hawk Down, Best Visual Effects, Lord of the Rings, and of course, Best Art Direction, which is also best production design and best costume, both Moulin Rouge. That one. All right. Moulin Rouge was nominated for a few awards, but it it only won those two. The two we're covering today, costume and production design. Your, your more, more thoughts. Give me more thoughts on Moulin Rouge. Siobhan. This is something I needed right now. You know, this, this, like this kind of like level of like uh, childish, excitement and glee over the concept of love you know yeah <laughs> like it it made me feel good in the end it's a tragedy but i don't necessarily see it that way i feel like we're just seeing every single way a love can go love can go and like i mean is her death literal i mean in, in the film yes i suppose but like on the abstract i think it's more just like and uh and love can end you know but yeah, I, I just, uh, seeing something like this, seeing something with Boz Lerman's unabashed earnestness, giving this huge, bombastic, fucking crazy production to this very simple story of uh, what it says at the end of the credits. Um says this is a story about truth, freedom, uh, friendship, and above all else, love. Like that, that level of earnestness being told to, s- to say something that is this again, like seemingly childish, like on the surface of, uh, of just, of just like love is great. You know, love is worth striving for love is worth attaining. Uh, things will go wrong. It's not easy. Um, but obstacles will get in your way, but you, you, you can face them. I, I, and I found that to be particularly moving at the stage that I am in mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I, I completely understand what you're saying because I think when I saw it, I was going through something similar. I shouldn't assume. I'm just going to say it hit me in a way where I'm like, oh, yeah, I needed this uh, at this time. So uh I think the 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 emotion of it, the sort of like bold face, like it's about love. It's that's what it is, and 
it's very sugary. It's very, uh, it's it's too sweet sometimes. But it, 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 I don't know, it works because I think Baz Luhrmann as a director, uh, I love this mode he's in because I, I need to rewatch Romeo plus Juliet because it's uh, both these movies um, which I bought on Blu-ray as as a as a double pack. I bought Moulin Rouge. Uh, for for express purpose of having Moulin Rouge in my collection, but then it came in a double pack with Romeo plus Juliet. Both of these movies are just like zany, fast cuts, like lush, colorful, and they're both about like love in the most basic way, but they tell it in just the most unique way. It uh, like no other filmmaker really accomplishes is like this sort of just like visual presentation of just like. F- Again, fast cuts, the music, just the grand production of it all. It's it's amazing. So um, he hasn't really recaptured it since then. I do like Elvis a lot. I don't think it it it, it reaches the heights of Moulin Rouge or, or Romeo plus Juliet. Same with Great Gatsby. I have not seen Australia. I don't think I will because <laughs> um, I keep hearing it's a it's not a great movie. I will not see the Hulu series Australia, which. Uh, have you heard of that? Have you seen that, uh, Siobhan? That the the new extended cut of Australia? Yeah, they're like turn they're like turning it into a miniseries. Yeah. Right? Oh, a it's cut of it. It's already it's already out there. It's it's on Hulu right now. It exists. Yeah. It's oh, wow. it's on Hulu. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm very curious. I want to see that. Uh, <sighs> I want to see the original first, and then maybe I'll watch the. Maybe, you know what? You watch it. You tell me if it's good, and then if you tell me it's good, then I'll watch it. Um, but no, my, my point is, you know, one movie I have not seen that I keep hearing is great is Strictly Ballroom. I think the movie he did before, uh, uh, Romeo plus Juliet. But anyway, I just love this mode of uh, Baz Luhrmann. So, uh, uh, God, yeah, it really did hit me at the right moment. And why don't we talk about the songs? The fact that yeah, it's a musical. Yeah, the music up yeah. top is just wild. Like, like the first, like, I'd say, like, the first 20-something minutes of the movie uh, start, there's a medley that starts up pretty soon after the movie starts that's, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, Material Girl, and Rhythm of the Night, and then maybe even a couple other songs in there that I'm not even remembering. Uh, and that's just all like in one thing, constantly moving between the different uh, songs as if they're uh, all just, you know, medley, a musical medley. It's a musical medley of like pop songs performed in this cabaret style. And it's so, so, so cool. It's so cool. I, I definitely want to listen to this soundtrack after this. Yeah. It's a, it's a soundtrack I listened to before watching the movie. I was very much into the music of this. Um, I mean, uh, there's the one song. Hold on, what is it? Uh, Diamond Dogs, which I didn't know was from this movie for a while. I go, oh, this version of Diamond Dogs, and who sings it in the movie? Who was it? Was it? Is it Beck? Yes, Diamond Dogs, performed by Beck, originally by David Bowie. But I like the Beck version in this movie better than the Bowie version. I love Bowie to death. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, the the. Some of these uh, covers, and it, 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 it's it's one of those, uh, what do you, whatchamacallit, jukebox musicals, jukebox musicals, right? Where it's all pre-existing songs. I don't think there's an original song in this, um, but it's mostly, yeah, just, no, there are. yeah, there are. there are original songs. Yeah. That's weird. I don't think it got nominated for best original song then. 
because it, it's it, yeah I, I remember trying to look one particular song up and i don't seem to have it still open but i was just you know it wasn't original uh, i'll say this i talked about this movie on my podcast maybe two years ago with uh with with um with a guest and i think i did my research i'm remembering this now i think the reason it wasn't nominated for best original song is because i think it was a it was written for something else then they shifted it into this movie thinking, oh, it'll be nominated. But because of the rules of like, it must be a song specifically written for the, for a movie, it didn't get nominated. I think that's what happened with this movie. Anyway. Mm, weird. Regardless, it's a great soundtrack. I do love it. And of course, you got Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink. I mean, do you remember the Lady Marmalade craze, Siobhan? You have to, right? You're 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 old enough, right? Uh, <laughs> like when Lady Marmalade came on, I was like, it, it pinged some synapses for me, but uh-huh. I did I was not sure why. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were too young to remember this being a, a big song when it came out. It was like the Avengers of. Uh, lady singers in the early 2000s because um, you got Christina Aguilera you got Lil' Kim you got Maya you got Pink you got Missy Elliott producing I mean that's that's yeah, that's, wild. that's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of a song right there good song not the best one on the soundtrack the one song that uh, got me while watching this for the first time was uh, your song the Elton John song uh, uh, sung by Ewan McGregor uh, to Nicole Kidman, which, by the way, we haven't described the plot of this. Who gives a Who gives a care? I mean, this is Moulin Rouge, right? People, I think, get the premise of Moulin Rouge. You want That's a love story. If you want the premise of Moulin Rouge, I'll, I'll read it to you real quick. Here it is: a poor bohemian poet in nine, in uh, 1890s Paris falls for a beautiful courtesan and nightclub star uh, coveted by a jealous duke. That's the plot of Moulin Rouge. They're singing. There's dancing. That's Moulin Rouge. Um, your song by Elton John, as sung by Ewan McGregor. I, I I don't know why that affected me so so you know so hard, but it got me. I don't know uh, that rendition. I guess by Ewan McGregor, who I should say is amazing in this movie, along with Nicole Kidman, like two great leads. They have amazing chemistry, and I don't know. It's it's I guess that moment when they're the not necessarily the meet cute, but the moment after they meet and there's like the misunderstanding of like who Ewan McGregor is. And, but it's around when they're falling in love. We, he sings to her, uh, your song. Boy, did that get me that I think is my favorite moment of, in the movie. So uh, it's beautiful. I don't know. I, I think Kidman is amazing in this. She's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen on screen, especially in this movie. Which leads me to bring this up, Siobhan. Maybe you have something to talk about when I bring this up. The costumes. The costumes. Uh, the pageantry of it all. The pageantry. That I, the, the, the one, whatever Kidman's wearing when we first are introduced to her, I think in... Uh, I'm going to rewind the movie because I'm playing it right now. But, God, whatever she's dressed in, like the, the sequin gown or whatever, God, it's so good. Yeah, all of all of her outfits are gorgeous. Um, uh, Ewan's given some nice uh, suits. Cannot dispute that win at all. If even if it's just for Nicole Kidman, like she's yeah. 
made up to be so glamorous. She's great. Uh, production design, or art direction, as they used to call it, uh, before they changed it to production design in 2012. Uh, talk about that. The look of the Moulin Rouge. Things look very clearly like sets in a way that I like. They look playful. They look blocky and colorful in ways that things aren't. Um, IRL. Uh, everything looks really, you know, playful. Um, uh, surreal. And uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Uh, the it's it's sort of the the fakery of it. The like it's like you're watching a stage show. Uh, you know, but. I don't know it. The aesthetic of it, because it feels so unreal. The unrealness of the realness makes sense to me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I I rewound to uh, Nicole Kidman's introduction into the movie, and yeah, she's wearing a top hat. She's wearing like a uh, uh, like like a like a diamond like top. She looks amazing. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Yeah. So incredible, um, but no, like it, it, you know, the the art direction slash production design in this. When I think of Baz Luhrmann, like Baz Luhrmann in Great Gatsby and Elvis, it's like I think back to I compare it all to Moulin Rouge. I compare it to the look of this movie in terms of the, its sets, in terms of like the color, the lighting. So yeah, this is like a top. This, this is a tough bar to 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 jump over. In terms of production design, not just Baz Luhrmann, but like any production design. So, yeah, I love this movie. Siobhan, can you say you love this movie? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. something that I think if I had watched back then, it'd be in my like top 10, top 15, top 20 ever. Um, yeah. And I think it's something that I think could get there if I, uh, if I was kept at it. Yeah. Uh, I believe in you. Thank you. Siobhan, is there anything else in regards to Moulin Rouge you want to talk about? Is there anything else? I think we've talked about I everything. I got shit. Oh, you know what? No. The the beginning, the very, very beginning, Yeah, where the conductor played the 20th Century Fox logo. Pretty cute. Yeah. Cute good. Very cute. Cute good stuff. And have I said this already? Nicole Kidman, one of the most beautiful people ever, is very beautiful in this. I just want to say that one more time. Um, um, Ewan McGregor with that mole. Mm. <laughs> John Leguizamo. Uh, wait, was he? Was he? Apparently, he's three feet tall. Yeah. So is that his thing? Is that what he likes to do? This is the second movie we've talked about where John Leguizamo. The cat. They saw him in Spawn. Like, <laughs> wow, this guy's that small. Small. Baz Luhrmann watches Spawn. He takes he takes out his notepad, writes down Leguizamo in. Oh, it's a feast for the eyes, Marcelo. Of yeah. course, Baz Luhrmann watched yeah. Spawn. Of course, Baz Luhrmann watched Spawn. What are we even doing here? Of course, Baz Luhrmann watched Spawn. Of course, oh. Baz Luhrmann watched Spawn. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. End of segment. Beginning of new segment. Our picks for best production design and best costume design. These are our picks. Do not come at us. These are our personal picks. This, these are not our picks for the Oscars. These are for Marcelo, me, and Siobhan, her. Okay? Do not come at us. All right? Don't, don't, don't talk to us. 
Turn around. Look away. <laughs> Don't look at me. You do not see this right now. Here's how I did it. Okay. Uh, I I have I have ten films. Okay. Now it, it happened by accident for me. Like one film has, in my opinion, best production design and costume design. So there are doubles. So, but I have ten total. So they're not all doubles. Does that make any sense? Am I make Am I making myself clear? Does what it make sense? What the fuck are you talking? What? <laughs> We have one single list of 10 films to cover both topics, but there's also duplicates in the list. There are different categories, Marcelo. I know, but... Are you going to do this when we get to, like, best actor and best <laughs> screenplay? Like, are you going to combine those two for some reason? Uh, you know what? Well, Bradley Cooper is, did both, so... <laughs> Fine. You know what? Just so, just so I can say, go fuck yourself, I'm going to do it proper. There's going to be two categories. Okay, you go first... And no, I want to hear your bullshit. No, no, no. You've convinced me. I'm going to, I'm going to separate this out. Right. Okay. Right. So you go right. first. You, I'm, right. I'm assuming you have five and five, right? You have assumed correctly, okay. sir. All right. So you, you go ahead. Best costume design. Number five, John Wick chapter four. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, yeah, all lots of good suits. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's bullshit. Uh, it's, uh, it's all very dapper and stuff. Uh, it's just still insane to me how they, <laughs> Uh, developed uh, bulletproof suit material so that they could use live ammunition on set. Like that's wait, what? Just crazy. Is that, that real? They did that. That's not real. Shut up. Uh, number four, <clears throat> Asteroid City. Hey, uh, freight train, freight train goes so fast. Goes so fast. You see how? You see those? He's, he's, did you see what they were wearing? Number three, the Iron Claw. Uh, now you might think. But wait, doesn't he not wear a shirt for half of the movie? Sure. But when he does have shirt on, perfect. Sure, perfect. Sure, perfect. Good. Shirt good, country boy shit, the gear in the ring, flawless, fantastic stuff. Important to me as a wrestling fan. Barbie, number two. The dresses, the the callbacks to Mattel's story, Barbie history. Uh, clearly tons of love and thought and care went into these costumes and that cannot, uh, that, that that's felt so heavily. Yeah. And they add a lot to the movie. Uh, the, the, a lot of the movie is about fashion and stuff. Cause that's, that's, that's weaved into the film. Um, cause it's a part of the doll so much. Number one, killers of the flower moon recently, recently on my mind. Oh my God. I was, I was in love with everybody's wardrobe. The suits are so nice. The Lily Gladstone's um, blanket and uh, dresses and stuff. Like, it, it was all so gorgeously created. I, I uh, it, it felt like I was, it felt like I saw like real craftsmanship. Now, best production design. That was best costume design. Wait, all that. I think we should oh. switch. Uh, so let me do my costume design. You, you got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I got it. I think I got it. So, all right. Uh, good picks, Siobhan. Uh, we're going to have some crossover in terms of uh, costumes here. Uh, my number five. Actually, this is not crossover. You, you, you didn't mention this. Although, if, I think if you would have seen this movie, I think you'd, you'd agree with me. You'd go, hey, that Marcelo, he knows what he's talking about. He knows about costumes because number five is Priscilla. 
directed by Sofia Coppola. Uh, and boy, uh, do I like them costumes uh, uh, as worn by Priscilla Presley in the movie. As played by uh, Kelly Spaney. I think that's her name. And also, aforementioned, Jacob Elordi. He got some Elvis costumes in there. Although not a lot. Elvis. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Elordi as Elvis. Uh, um, I mean, we mostly see him because it takes place uh, at Graceland. And it's very much about um, Priscilla trapped in you know, uh, uh, the, the Graceland mansion while Elvis is out doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, so we see like Elvis in like a, a, a sleep attire. Sometimes we see him in the suit, but mostly we see uh, uh, Kaylee as Priscilla at home. Uh, but then when she goes out, when we see her like go out to New um, Las Vegas and L.A. and hanging out with Elvis's friends, oh boy, fantastically dressed, of course. It's Priscilla. Uh, number four, Poor Things. Poor things, poor things. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I've. I don't think it's been said on this podcast. Um, or if it's been said, I want to make it clear. It's a weird fucking movie because this movie it's it's supposed to it's supposed to take place like in like the like nineteen hundreds, but it has this like steampunk sort of aesthetic. It's very sci fi. And then it's like you're looking at it through the eyes of like a. <laughs> yeah exactly um so the, the the costumes aren't like stereotypical like 1900s costumes they're like a, again like in a good way because i could give a shit about steampunk like kind of steampunk futuristic uh they, they have that twist on them so poor things that's number four good number three of course asteroid city uh, I when I made this list, I couldn't not include this Wes Anderson, which I think, like, just thinking about it more and more, I love the goddamn movie. I love how colorful it is. I talked about the visual effects last week, but here I'm bringing it up again. Costume design. The costumes are great, of course. It's a Wes Anderson movie. If there's one thing he excels at, is the aesthetics uh, and the costumes. Like, it's it's... It goes back to like his uh, his early days of like Rushmore, uh, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, like where like I'm sure he, he sketches all these characters out. He 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 as he writes the script, he's like he has his visual style in his mind of how these characters look like, and when they're on screen, they're so distinct, and uh, uh, and the, the clothes makes the character so. I think that is on screen on Asteroid City. Like they're very distinct. Each character and the clothing makes them distinct. That's three. Number two, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, basically, I'm going to copy what Siobhan said. Uh, uh, it does feel so lived in and vibrant, um, and like Lydia Gladstone, and like when she's in her attire, like when she's in the the the, the Native American. Uh, uh, wear the formal wear, like when I think when they're getting married, it's like that, like on screen. It like it's it's so vibrant and alive and beautiful. Um, but then like in other scenes when there's despair, um, like the clothing matches the despair. But when there's hope, you see the the hope shine through through the clothing too. So yeah, it's a beautiful movie in and out. So Killers of the Flower Moon. That's number two. Number one, of course, it's me. I cannot. Not put this number one. 
Say it with me. It's Barbie. Barbie. It's all about the clothes. It's Barbie. It's Barbie. Uh, there's one. I mean, I don't know. I have not looked or I don't remember what the gold derby ranking is. So I don't know what, what its chances are at winning the Academy Award. But if this, if this doesn't win costume, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the highest cliff and jump off. Because if there's one movie this year that like the 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 clothes makes the movie, the clothes makes the characters. I said that during Asteroid City. I sort of said that during Killers of the Flower Moon, but it it makes the most sense here. Like it would not be the movie it is without the clothing, and it's because of a Barbie the doll, and that translates to Barbie the movie. So that's number one, costume design, Barbie. All right, Siobhan, now you're. Next, with production design. Beautiful stuff, Marcelo. Yeah. Well, very well, very, very, very well said. Um, <clears throat> I just want to give uh, my my little uh, honorable mention there uh, for the killer. Yeah, hey, for costume? For costume, yeah. I said the same thing. I, I, I almost said that. Uh, I almost put that number five, but I changed my mind. It's an honorable mention. Look at us, the killer. Yeah, it's really just like the one costume the really one iconic look and uh it looks great yeah uh, yeah that's all you need uh best production design number five leave the world behind okay i've been singing this movie's praises it's on netflix and marcelo can't watch it <laughs> but i wish you would uh now this film does a lot of interesting things with its production design um a, a large portion of the movie takes place in this like upscale modernist home out in the world out in the woods with security systems and like running fountains and shit like that. You start to see it for more what it is at its bare bones as the film goes on. Um, for like what this technology filled house, what it really is without that technology, <laughs> the surrounding woods areas and the shacks and such that we also get to see, um, they add a ton of uh, character and like uh, dread um, to the surroundings, and uh, yeah, I uh, uh, I really want to keep plugging that movie as much as I can. Uh, number four, best production design, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, just same way as the costumes, everything is feels so authentic, so lived lived in, so. You know, 1920s, uh, kind of like boomtown area. Uh, really just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous homesteads. Uh, number three, Master Gardener. This one's more like one or two locations. The main one being the the uh, mansion. The gardens are beautiful. The little shack. Joel Edgerton's character lives in. It's so pretty to look at the way they frame this thing. Oh my God. The house itself, huge. Um, and you never really get a great sense of it. And I think that's deliberately done. Um, but you, you just know it's, it's massive. The greenhouse area is just like, the, the, this is all just like, it feels like lived in real places. Um, and then there's also a diner that they go to, to a handful of times. that is just like the most charming little diner. I would love to go there. Number two, best production design, Barbie. I mean, come on the, the world, come on the, the world's a toy. The world's 
the the world is is toys <laughs> all the houses the everything like it, it looks like your little dream house come to life it's it's phenomenal they, I, I can't believe they pulled that off to this level and another like just like i said with the costume where like they just had to have so much fun putting that together uh, my number one i had to do it had to do it to him. had to be me mm-hmm Saw X. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I love the way these sets look so much. Jamming everything into like one warehouse where all of the action is taking place at one time. Having to, from a logistical level of just filming, that's crazy. And how everything is put together just right, just neatly enough to fit together in the same space and to feel like it all belongs together. Um, in- incredibly impressive. And then uh, that space is not even just that. That space, earlier in the movie, we see that space used as uh, the the place where John Kramer gets the fake surgery. Um, and in there it's like a just barren, barren empty room with like a surgery tent in the center that's lit up white so that they just get a lot of versatility out of their sets. It's great. And Cecilia's home, the kind of Jalo house. I think that place is gorgeous. It's, uh, yeah, just full of great production design. And I, I would say that's true to the entire Saw, Saw series of great, neat little details. So that's me, Saw X, best production of my design. Marcelo, do you want to hit us with them? I'll hit you with my picks. Here they are. Honorable mention. I knocked it off the list as I was rewriting this list just now. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It, it, it just feels like they built like a town uh, from scratch. It, uh, or they may have like shot it where yeah, like like, yeah, like how they, they do it. it, it, it my, my thought is they built it from scratch, but I don't know if those. I don't know if that city was there before. I don't know how they did it, but the way it looks, the way it feels, it feels like they just like recreated like what it was like that, that, that city that this uh, movie's based in. Um, but yeah, thoroughly impressed with uh, uh, just how it looks. Um, so killers of the flower moon. That's my honorable mention. Number five, asteroid city. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can talk about Wes Anderson all day. Uh, he has an aesthetic. Yes. And it's pleasing to my eyes. Um, just like, the, the the beginning of the movie where they 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 have like a scene in the in the uh, in the diner it's like that looks like a stereotypical like 1950s diner and but it looks also like a Wes Anderson diner um, so yeah it it's it's like this this faux 50s look this sheen to it but yet it feels almost like a cartoon at times just uh, just the way like the sets look uh, all in a pleasing way so. That's number five. Number four, poor things. Uh, yeah, like I said before, it's set in this like weird alternate dimension where it is like the 1900s, but it's also there's also like cars flying in the air. Uh, it's bizarre, but it works. I, I think it, it works. My only quibble really is like some CGI effects aren't great, but I think the actual sets, 
the Verlef sets that are built are uh, they look uh, amazing and it fits the world they're in. It fits the the tone of the movie too. That's poor things. Number three, zone of interest, which is difficult to talk about because uh, the movie is as accurate as it can be, according to Jonathan Glazer, who did a lot of research into uh, the real life events that this movie depicts. Um, like the fact that, like, yes, it's based on like diagrams, like how the house was laid out in the movie next to the concentration camp. Um, the fact that that's all like based in reality, it hearing that makes me like just it it's it, it uh, terrifies me even more about uh, just how it portrays like how it how one could assume it happened in the movie. Like, uh, hearing the Q and A um, after the screening of this last week, Jonathan Glazer, the director, was like, "Yeah, he wanted to make this movie seem like we we're watching it." Uh, th- like through a window like from 2023 into like the the 1940s and it does feel that way and i think the architecture of it the 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 production design does help that so yeah that's number three um my number two a lot different it's a 180 <laughs> it's magic mike's last dance <laughs> uh <laughs> the the uh, the majestic theater where this um, where most of the movie takes place and where like the final thirty minutes uh, w- uh, where we are in the final thirty minutes like it's it's not a real theater this majestic theater in London uh, but it's based on one uh, um, but you could have fooled me it because the the look and feel of it looks like a real theater uh, where like these these uh, these decades old plays are are, are, are are staged but here uh, uh you know the titular magic mike stages you know a strip show and i think the the the, the production design around like the the staging of the of, of the of the of the uh, musical at the end it's gorgeous um that's also thanks to the direction and editing and all that soderbergh's a genius but the actual like setting uh where the movie is uh by the end in london it's amazing. So yeah, all props to Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, and then number one, of course, say it with me, it's Barbie. 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 Yeah, Barbie Land. Uh, it. It's. I uh, can't believe they pulled it off. Um, not only that, yeah, Barbie Land. Yeah, that's that's a big reason why this is number one. But also. Like the, the the Mattel headquarters and um, like the, the the whole the whole comedy bit where Barbie's running through the Mattel offices and it it looks so uh, uh, authoritarian in 1984 uh, and yeah it's set in in you know uh, in the building of uh, of Mattel which they lampooned so 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 cleverly in Barbie uh, but yeah but it, it's it's a beautiful looking movie and big reason why is because the sets are all practical most of them are practical i assume uh but yeah that's my number one uh i'll talk about barbie a lot more as the season goes on but there you go uh barbie won my production design and costume design awards this year the end i'm done and i, th- I think we're done talking production design and costume design right there's nobody else who's gonna chime in there's nobody else's well, opinion we care about i think we're done but yeah. I don't think you're done. Me? No, not you. 
Oh. The the people. Oh, so. the royal you. The royal they. Yeah. There are so many people out there that have chimed in. I <laughs> ask everybody every single week. I go to a couple different discords, right? One of them being... One of them being, the main one being, our Talk Film Society Discord. You can join by going to talkfilmsociety.com slash discord, um, and you will be let right in and welcomed with open arms. And you can come in and you can tell us your favorites. You can talk about films. You can just lurk. I don't give a shit. So I went into the Talk Awards channel, which we have running this time of year's. And I asked people to give me their best production design and best costume design choices. Whoa. <clears throat> and our first, the first one that took the bait, Jay McMillan, production design, Bar- uh, Poor Things, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Creator, Wonka. Wonka's interesting. Wonka's interesting. I almost put Wonka uh, in, wait, is this production design? That was production. Yeah, I, I almost put it in a production design, but like uh, s- sort of similar to Poor Things. I think it's a maybe a bit too CGI heavy. I, I think Poor Things etched out Wonka because, I don't know, I, I liked... How do I even describe this? Poor Things is something I haven't seen before. Wonka feels like, yeah, they're trying to recreate the, the, the feeling of the last two wonka movies so i don't know it's a good pick though costume design barbie killers of the flower moon poor things dungeons and dragons honor among thieves and wonka uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves that one's very interesting to me i i it came to my head when i thought of costume design it came pretty fast and then I was having a tough time recalling anything specific. Like, I didn't, I didn't really want to look it up. I just kind of wanted to, like, feel it and know it and try to remember what I remembered. And I wasn't getting much, but, like, it felt like... I think I agree with you, Jay. <laughs> I appreciate your point of view. <laughs> Have I said on the show that I'm not a fan of that movie? No, I didn't know that. Okay, we can move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk Joey. about it. You don't need to ask me anything about it. Joey, he's uh, perhaps a guest on this show in a couple weeks. Perhaps. He says, those are excellent picks. I would throw on They Clone Tyrone for costumes and Ashford City for both. Uh, once again, I just want to say this is not a competition. <laughs> uh, uh, if so, If you think somebody took your picks, no, they didn't. You can just say them again. Say them again. Um, but it doesn't cost anything no. to just type the same thing over and over. You can copy and paste for all we care. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just add they clone Tyrone into costumes and Asteroid City for both. Uh, uh, whatever. Do you know what they clone Tyrone is? Uh, yeah. That. Uh, oh God. Uh, Jamie Fox is in it. It's a Netflix movie. It got some uh, people were talking about it when it came out, but it was one of those like. In and out sort of things. Like people talked about it for two weeks and then it was out of the consciousness. I, I, uh, somebody gets cloned. I know that, but yeah, it's one of those like Probably Tyrone. Tyrone, I think, gets cloned. Um, yeah, John Boyega 
Jamie Foxx, uh, directed by Jewel Taylor, uh, who wrote Creed Two and Space Jam: oh. A New Legacy. So yeah, uh, Tell yeah. Uh, so it, it was a July release, and it was a Netflix movie. So I think that's why you don't know about it, Siobhan. I don't blame you. Production. Okay, so uh, friend of the site, Sam shot first. First, first things first. I must say, um, Sam. Um, yeah. Disclaimer. Yeah, he used to host a Keanu Reeves podcast, Keanu Reeves-centric podcast uh, called Keanu Believe It. Um, so I just like to say that in a front of in front of any of his choices that may or may not reflect those biases that he has towards the man from his time hosting that show, right? Um, like what we are about to see. So our friend of the site, Sam, shot first uh, for production. He says. Oppenheimer, Across the Spider-Verse, I think he means Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. KOTFM, I think he means Killers of the Flower Moon. John Wick, Chapter 4. See, that's the one that you gotta yep. keep in mind. Ken Reeves, he had a podcast. I don't know. And uh, Haunting in Venice. Haunting in Venice for costume. Production. Oh, sorry, Production. <laughs> Uh, Haunting in Venice for, like for, for production. production. Yeah, I think that's that's a, that's a good pick. Good pick, yeah. It's pick. You know, I I'm glad a Haunting in Venice is getting some recognition here in the Talk from Society channel in the Discord mm-hmm. on the podcast. I mean, I don't think either one of us has mentioned it as our picks, but the Discord certainly no. has mentioned it, so that's good. Also, he just typed Haunting in Venice. I think he meant a Haunting mm, in Venice. Yeah, so but... we're gonna throw that one out. Uh, okay. Now, Sam Shoppers for costumes. He wrote uh, Barbie, KOTFM, uh, once again, I believe Killers of the Flower Moon, and Nimona. I do not know Nimona, as in the least. Oh, well, this, this is this is an animated film. This is an animated sci-fi adventure comedy. Wait, so this is, wait, this is for production? That was for costumery. Okay, so does this count? It's an animated film. Now... Are we counting that? I don't know. He also put across the Spider Verse in production. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm just I'm letting them do what they want. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Just let the fish swim around in their bowl. We'll allow it this time, but yeah. be careful. Right. Be careful. Yeah, we could take your little castle away. <laughs> um, Joey says special mention to Glenn Howerton's look in Blackberry, but that's more hair and makeup, probably. Maestro is also a deaf hair is also a deaf hair and makeup, but has good costumes. Um, awesome. Uh, we got a few more responses down here. Matt, the real Matt C says, "Poor things, poor things." Now, if that is to costumery and to set design. Now, was he was he referring to the movie or just to the responses so far? And the people responding. Was he calling those people poor things? <laughs> the situation. The situation. Me being so desperate for to <laughs> get in here. <laughs> poor things, poor things. Uh, not the who's Tommy. Uh, Tommy Marinara, host of Cinema to the Leather. Um, <laughs> here on the Talk Film Society Network. Yes. Not the who's Tommy. Asteroid City. Production design. Asteroid City. Poor things. Bo is afraid. 
Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie. Bo's Afraid, I will say, is in my honorable mentions. So thanks, Tommy, for yeah. that. Thomas. Frankly, I'm surprised I haven't seen more of that, you know? Yeah. Costume design, Barbie, Poor Things, Priscilla, Asteroid City, Killers of the Flower Moon. And then we got Noah Thompson, the T-Dog. He's got production design, Asteroid City, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Bo is Afraid, Killers of the Flower Moon. And for costume design, Barbie, John Wick Chapter 4, The People's Joker. Whoa. Whoa. Noah. Noah, what are you doing to me here? All right. Hey, you're all right in my book, Noah. Poor things in Oppenheimer. Friend of mine, Vera Drew, the People's Joker, friend of Marcelo's, our, our second best friend uh, uh, next to each other, Vera Drew, her film, The People's Joker, which you can see in wide release in April if you would like. Yeah. And you would like. Technically, since it has a release date now, uh, The People's Joker, I, uh, well, I mean, I, okay. I think I might see the movie. <laughs> Is that what you thought I was going to say? I think I might see it. Uh, no, I was going to say, I think it'd technically be a 2024 film now, right? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. Well, some people saw it back in back in 21, yeah. right? Was it 21 yeah, or 22? I saw, yeah, I saw it in 2021. Oh, you saw it back in 21. Okay. I did. I, I saw like a work print cut of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then there was the fantastic, or the, yeah, the original um uh, Tiff cut, um, and then uh, we all know what happened. Like a year, kind of spent wallowing in the shadows, uh, uh, cutting the movie in a few different ways, uh, taking it to a few underground festivals here and there um, for the next probably like a year, and then she did like a pretty big festival tour of yeah. the U.S., including Fantastic um, Fest for, for most of last year. And uh, now it's the film is locked, and it's going to be in uh, be like officially releasing in April under the uh, Lost Innocence label. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, uh, something I've been following for many a time, and I'm uh, proud of my friend. That's that's the end of the Talk Film Society Discord. Now I go to the Hollywood Handbook Discord for some reason. <laughs> okay. They're another podcast. Uh, you you, um, you were on record saying you were never going to go back there again because you got little responses one time, but now you're back. Hey, we're getting them, baby. And I take them where I can get some. Um, so, uh, and I think last episode coming here was uh, the source of the biggest laugh we've ever had in this show's history. True, yeah. <laughs> so. Go back and listen to last week's episode to, to listen back to, to to find that laugh. We're not going to tell you where it is. You have to find it. Take a guess that it's somewhere around this time in the episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, costume design from Edgar Allan Iverson, otherwise known as George, host of um, um, Best Little Horror House in Philly, uh, that I, which I've been a guest on. You can go hear my Donnie Darko episode. Costume design. Poor Things winner. Shin Kamen Rider. Um... Killers of the Flower Moon, Asteroid City, Creed 3, Noms. Production design, Asteroid City, Winner. John Wick 4, Holdovers, Stinkamarink, Noms. I think he means Skittermarink. (laughs) 
for production design, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't you know. know what? I didn't think of that. I I had a thought. I did not write it down, but I had a thought of Skinner and Rink. Um, good pick though. I, yeah, you know, because if anything, the the uh, the layout of that house, like the the setting, really makes that movie. So yeah, good pick. Yeah. Um, Lexi, Lexi Sandinetti, my girl. Um, oh, Asteroid City production design winner, absolutely, she says. And that's that for a while, but we scroll down. We got somebody else coming in in the mix. Stukeman, it's Stukeman. Stukeman, hey, Stukeman. What's up, Stukeman? I hate to just agree with George, but here's my list. I still haven't seen Bo is Afraid, but from what I'm seeing, I'm surprised it isn't making it into the production design convo. Uh, best production design, he says, A Haunting in Venice, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and his winner, Asteroid City. Nice. Um, and best costume design, we got another vote for They Clone Tyrone. Oh, wow. Um, Barbie. Polite Society, oh. The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, oh. Killers of the Flower Moon, and Winter Poor Things. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I do like the Polite Society shout out. I, I, I did see that. Costumes in it are very good. Um, I As much as I don't like uh, the new Hunger Games, yeah. The co- like in any Hunger Games movie, the costumes are like on point. So, yeah, good is Elizabeth, is Elizabeth Banks in there doing her same shit? No, because this movie takes place 60 years before uh, any of the uh, old Hunger Games movies. Um, Jason Schwartzman is in the the new Hunger Games, kind of doing a Stanley Tucci mm. sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Aviola Davis is in uh, the new movie, doing like a like a villainous sort of thing. It's an, you know what it's an interesting movie I, I I really shit on it when it came out because I do think it's too long and it, it the the story ultimately leads to nothing but uh, I'm I'm glad people like it it's 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 not it's not terrible I just don't like it is that it Siobhan? have we reached the end of the discord section I believe that is the end of the discord section all right not a lot of responses this week but that's okay they're 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 weird topics and two different ones yeah. fair enough. Uh, hopefully next week we can get uh, more responses. Next week will be a big one. Uh, oh, yeah. We, next week we're going to get so many. We won't reveal who or what the next week. Uh, we won't reveal we what. We will not reveal our sources. We, we will not reveal next week's topic, but it's going to be a big one. Before we get before we get to the end of this episode, though, it's the Gold Derby game. Are you ready? The Gold Derby game. Now, what's interesting about this Gold Derby game, now, of course, the Gold Derby game is uh, Marcelo goes to the gold website, goldderby.com, and uh, this is a place where pundits track um, pundits and enthusiasts uh, track the likelihood of films to get nominated for certain awards. Including the Oscars. Including the Oscars. And, but now... Something that's very interesting is last week, Marcelo. <laughs> yeah. You told me you went through both of these categories already. Yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, last week we did not plan to do what we're doing this week. 
which is production design and costume design. <laughs> I The reason we're doing it is because when I did this last week, we are playing with Thomas and Brian. I, I decided to do three rounds with three categories, uh, visual effects, and then costume design and production design. And then I just I just made a comment saying, we're doing this, you know, because we might not cover it on the show. And Siobhan said, oh, we're not doing this costume design or production design, you know, topics I could talk about. We could do an episode on. I go, well, f- fuck you then, Siobhan. So we're doing yeah, I'm it. that big of a massive fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, so we did it. for sure. We, 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 uh, I, I bowed down to you, Siobhan. We did the episode. <laughs> we covered costume. We did production. But now, Gold Derby Game, we're going to go back to those categories. You just played them last week. Literally a week ago. I'm yeah. going to ask you. We're going to start with production design first. According to the Gold Derby. Right. Okay. Uh, there uh, is there a short list? Uh, there is not a short list. Because some of these tech categories have short lists. Uh, you're going to want to guess. The top five uh, films in the best costume design category, according to Gold Derby. Okay? This is costume. We're in costume. Costume design. Costume, costume, okay. costume. Costume, costume, costume. Okay. I'm going to let you start guessing. Go right ahead. Barbie. That, my friend, is number one. Barbie. Keep guessing. Poor things. That, my friend, is number two. Poor things. Killers of the Flower Moon. That, my friend, is number three. Color purple. That, my friend, is number four. (laughs) Hold on. Oh, God. Hold on. You are... Okay, so what you just did... Oh, God. And I don't think you're cheating. I hope you're not. I'm not cheating. I promise. It's... This is the best Gold Derby game you've ever played. Okay? You just named the one, the two, the three, the four... All in a row. Can oh. you name the five? The number five slot. Wonka. <sighs> uh, <sighs> number five is Wonka. No, 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 got really? It. <laughs> and I got him in order. You got him in order. No way. <laughs> yes. No way. <laughs> you could, wow. <laughs> you just swept the board. <laughs> Oh my god. Number one, Shut Barbie. it down. Number We're never two, doing this again. Things. No number more three, episodes. Killers. Number four, Color Purple. Number five, Wonka. Oh my god. Now, it, it should be said we played this last week. And so. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, but no. But the that, memory's that, not that good. That was impressive. That was very impressive, Siobhan. Okay. Can you do the same with mm. best production design? No. Production design. All right. Same rules apply. Go ahead. Poor things. Poor things is number two. Barbie. Barbie is number one. Killers of the Flower Moon. Number four. Right. And then here I struggle on this. You're missing three and five. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is number three. All right. Mm. So... We're in the same position as we were last category. You got the four. 
You need the five. Okay. You got Barbie, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon. What's the number five? Production design. Oh, Marcelo. Oh, Marcelo. Oh, my God. Um, I'm just going to go with color purple. <sighs> oh, buddy. You were so close. You were so close that you were close. You were on the on the dot. It's the color purple. No, oh my you got god! It. <laughs> ten for ten. Ten for ten. Oh, oh my, god. my god! Barbie, poor I things, Oppenheimer, killers, podcasting. The color purple. That you. Hey, I'm going to give you a round of applause. Christmas magic. Now, yeah, it's finally reached me. This is the end of what we know of uh, the color. Sorry, let me start that sentence again. The color purple. (laughs) This is is the end of the color purple. (laughs) This is the end of uh, the Gold Derby game as we know it. Because next week we will know the nominees. So uh, there'll be little guessing on like what will be nominated uh, in the top five. Uh, Because of that, I wanted to go back and. you know, cover at least one more category or maybe two more. Okay. Cause n- yeah, it's not a two more. It's not a two more. Uh, next week we'll know the nominees. So let's, let's go to, uh, the big guys. Okay. Let's do at least two. Let's go to best director. Uh, all right. So we, we talked about this three hours ago when we started recording uh, with the DGAs, but, uh, let's see if you can predict, what the top five best directors are, according to Gold Derby. Siobhan, can you do this? Chrissy Knowles, Christopher Nolan. Nolan, number one. Oh, God. Greta Gerwig, Barbie. Uh, Gerwig, number four. Yorgos Lanthimos. Number three. Okay. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. Number two. Again, we're in the same position. You've named the top four. Can you get the five? Jonathan Glazer's Zone of Interest. <laughs> Buddy, what's going on? <laughs> That's right. Jonathan Glazer's <laughs> <the> director. <laughs> What's going what on? What the fuck? What the fuck? This is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> all right. Oh, God. Uh, all right. How, okay, how about this? Dealer's choice. You you want Because I was going to jump to best picture, but do you want to do any other category before we jump to best picture? I really don't. Okay, let's go to best picture. We don't want to just keep doing this. Uh, So best picture. (sighs) Again, this is the last time we'll do this like we're doing it because we'll know the nominees next week. But, I mean, let's let's just have at it. Let's just do 10. Best picture. Siobhan. 10 films. 10 films. Best picture. Have a go. Best picture. Oppenheimer. That is number one. Barbie. That is number three. Poor Things. That is number four. 
Killers of the Flower Moon. That is number two. Zone of Interest. That, oh, you're so close. That's number 10. You got it in there. That's number 10. Oof, oof, oof okay. Um, okay. Uh, and see, now Now I get uh, Now I get caught up here. Yeah, you, you got to think back. What are the sure things? What are the ones that are definitely going to get in Best Picture? Oh, uh, Color Purple? Ah, your streak is officially over. Nah. That came in at number 11. Number 11. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Maestro. Maestro, number seven. Holdovers. Holdovers, number five. American Fiction. American Fiction, number six. How many do I have left? You have two left. It, I mean, you're doing amazing, by the way. You only missed the color purple, and that was number 11. So, so far you have number one, Oppenheimer, then Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, Poor Things, Holdovers, American Fiction, Maestro. Those are the top seven. You're missing eight and nine. And then number 10, Zone of Interest. Anatomy of a Fall? That's number nine. I'll say uh, number eight, I think is a little tough. It's one. Oh, wait, I'm not going to give you a hint just yet. I'll, I'll, I'll let you take a guess. A little tough. Yeah. Um, it surely is not a third foreign film. Um, well, uh, Past Lives. Oh, you got it. It's Past Lives. Okay. I'm impressed. Okay. You know, you you got the top eleven. So that's that's something. <sighs> yeah, it was it was top eleven that I was guessing, right? <laughs> the, so the, you got them all. You got the top eleven. All right. Ooh. Well, that that so congratulations, Siobhan. That was the best gold derby game past you've lives ever was played. At seven. Yeah, past lives. No, sorry, past lives is at eight. Maestro's at seven. Eight? Yeah, let, wow, let me surprising. go through that list again. So, and you know, again, this is gold derby. They usually get things right, but. Don't, you know, it's not set in stone, these these predictions, in terms of like, oh, they're going to get all 10. Like, no, no, no. Hey, focus up, listeners. Uh, 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 the, the, these are guidelines, okay? So if you want to make your predictions, don't just go off Gold Derby. Number one, Oppenheimer. Number two, Killers of the Flower Moon. Number three, Barbie. Four, Poor Things. Five, Holdovers. Six, American Fiction. Seven, Maestro. Eight, Past Lives. Nine, Anatomy of a Fall, 10, the zone, the zone of Interest, number 10. And then after that, 11, Color Purple, 12, Air, 13, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, 14, All of Us Strangers, 15, May, December. That's all worth talking about. Okay. Woo. Siobhan, before we go. Oh, we got to do this. I almost forgot. Who's gonna win? Who do you think we're, who who thinks will win the Oscar for best production design? Let's just start with that. The Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, you go with Killers for production. Uh, I'm doing that for costumery as well. I don't give a fuck. So you're saying Killers of the Flower Moon for both production and costume? Yep. Okay. Wait, no, wait. Barbie's nominated. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, fuck it, fuck it. Fuck okay, it. all right. Killers for both. All right. I'll go with um. Fuck it. I'll say Barbie for both. 
Fuck it. Fuck it. Two very different movies, but we we have our picks. I go Barbie, production design and costume. Uh, Siobhan goes Killers of the Flower Moon for production and costume. Those are official Oscar predictions from the Talk From Society podcast. All right. Whew. What an episode. What a thrilling episode from start to finish. Next week, Oscar nominations will be announced. Siobhan, do you want to make a prediction? Like, What's, what's going to be a big surprise? What's our big shocker, huh? Yeah, the, sh- the the shock of the night or the shock of the morning because they're going to be announced. Charles Melton gets in there. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, my prediction for shock. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said earlier in the show, like for director, uh, there's going to be a, a shock. Um, either. Uh, Justine Trier gets in, um, but maybe somebody gets left out. Uh, I'm not gonna say Scorsese or Nolan or Gerwig. Um, maybe Lathamos doesn't get in, and maybe you know. Here, here's, here's my official shocker prediction. It's gonna be Gerwig, Nolan, Scorsese, and then the next two slots are gonna be. Justin, uh, sorry, Jonathan Glazer and Justin Trier. That'll be a shock, but it'll be wow. it'll be a good f- a five nominee uh, category by foreigners. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Those are predictions for the Oscars next week. We'll have a big episode next week with a guest on the docket. We'll see. Uh, fingers crossed, it all works out. But that's the plan. Uh, we'll talk about a good movie. Two, so that's next week. That's all I'll say. That's a tease. Uh, but yeah, Siobhan, any last words? Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I want you to remember that performance because <laughs> I know I will. Um, yeah, for uh, the rest of my days. So yeah. just, I'm glad it's on record. I'm glad if you heard it. You heard something special. Yeah. I know that. So, yeah, this will go down as one of the finest performances of a podcast uh, uh, host in podcast history. Uh, this will play, uh, you know, uh, when, when, when we accept our honorary Oscars for podcasting in 50 years. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Javon. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, everybody. Um, and hey, See you at the Oscars, and hey, I'll see you at the movies. Nope, never say that. All right, bye.